Good morning. Today's message begins with this question. Four words. What do you want? What do you want? A couple years ago, a somewhat regular visitor to our worship services came to me saying, Pastor Sarah, I did not get it this Sunday like I got it last Sunday. Today you missed me. Now, admittedly, I had to cover any visible sign of disappointment in that moment. I was about to go there in my mind, thinking that my preaching was supposed to do it every Sunday for each person, and I had come up short, that I was somehow supposed to hit holy home runs every time at the pulpit. I managed to stay away from that slippery slope in my mind, But I was left with a mind reflecting on what it was that this person was actually hoping for. What did he want down deep? What did he want? Had he wanted and needed a feast just like the one he apparently had gotten the week before? What does one do in the face of having enjoyed such a banquet only to not get that same meal each time one comes to the table? What can we expect when following a disciple's diet? This text today in the Gospel of John becomes water in the desert for me. It reminds me that the crowds then are not much different than the crowds now. We all are wanting more. We're still thirsty. We're still hungry. St. Augustine did say that our souls are restless until they actually find their rest in God. What a powerful observation. We are indeed a hungry and thirsty people. We hunger to be seen, to be known, to matter, to have meaning and purpose. We are thirsty for recognition and affirmation that we are here. John's Gospel tells us that they came looking for Jesus again. Why did they come? What did they want? We know that earlier in the chapter, Jesus fed 5,000 with 12 baskets of leftovers even. Because they sat down to eat what Jesus offered, they were filled with more than enough. Jesus read their motives in verse 26 as they come back to him. Very truly, I tell you, he says, you are coming for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. They wanted full stomachs again. But Jesus tells them that what he has to offer goes beyond the satisfaction of full stomachs rather to fulfilled and sustained lives. They missed out that Jesus provides for all sorts, all sorts of hunger and thirst. It's not about what he provides, but that he provides. They ate the food, but missed the meal and the message, a message that still says, whoever comes to me will never be hungry. 
and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. They missed the core message that little does become much when given over to God. A life offered to Christ can feed gospel to the world. A life offered to Jesus won't be subject to the hunger pains of consumerism or the stomach growls of self-centeredness. Jesus offers the alternative to food that's fast. He offers food that lasts. He tells them and us in verse 27, Don't work yourself for food that perishes, but for food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. In other words, the things of this world have a shelf life, but the fruits of the word have eternal life. They last long after the service, after the life circumstances have changed. This food lasts during the storms of life. This food sustains us from generation to generation. I believe that there is no expiration date on God's sustaining blessings. If we believe in God and that God sent God's Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If we believe that, why are we still hungry? What do we really want in the face of that truth? I believe this text leaps out to tell us God provides. God provides through Jesus not what we want, but what we need. We may want to be seen, but we need to know that we are seen by a God who loves us. David said in Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. How's that for being seen? How's that for being known? God knows all there is to know about us and still loves us. But we forget that. We allow the past and other things to make us forget that God provides love and forgiveness through Jesus when we are in need. Not just what we think we want, but what we need. Secondly, the text also tells us that God's promise can sustain us through all times. The people tell Jesus in verse 31, Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is God who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of heaven is that which comes down and gives life to the world. And they said to Jesus, Sir, give us this bread always. As we look around at the forest in late fall here in New Hampshire, we notice most of the leaves on the trees have fallen, while the tree branches themselves remain stretching heavenward. Think about it. Not only do they remain that way after the leaves are gone, but even after the snows come with brutal winds, 
that would seem to bend them down into submission. And in the spring, the trees seem to still be saying to us, notice that we kept our branches lifted toward where our help comes from all this time, in all these seasons. To me, it seems that they praise God with or without leaves, as if they knew that keeping their branches up was a means of patient waiting, faith. And it is in the spring when the buds appear on their branches that those trees seem to say to me, We told you so. We told you that our help comes from above. So not only does this text tell us that God provides through Jesus not what we want, but what we need, and that God's promise can sustain us through all times, but finally the text tells us God's presence through Jesus allows us room to grow in grace. I once had a friend who received a letter from one of her junior high teachers. She said the teacher wrote one line that was unforgettable, saying, Thanks for being such a good student. You made me a good teacher, and for that I'm thankful. Now, it's one thing to write your teacher to say thank you, to write your teacher to say thank you. But when the teacher writes the student to do the same, that's quite an interesting thing. God writes us each morning with a sunrise greeting and each evening with a sunset closing. Knowing that makes us teachable students aware of a God who seeks to provide what we need and sustain us through each day. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So says the one that we follow. So what do we want? Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your amazing, abundant grace, for its sufficiency that supplies us in times of need and in times of plenty. Help us to know that you are always watching and always providing. Let your word go forth and find fertile souls, listening ears, and understanding hearts. And may we be a part of answering the prayers that you would have us to answer. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray this with thanksgiving. Amen.